Hello friends, and welcome to another installment of So Fully Casual. I'm Maddie, your host, and it's a beautiful morning where I am. I'm doing one of my favorite things to do in the morning and sipping a fresh cup of coffee. The weather is no longer hot and humid, at least for today, and it's a beautiful way to start the week. I hope you all are having a great week. I hope you all are having great weather and can relax in a little bit of the small things. I want to thank you for tuning in again, and remember to like, subscribe, and download on whatever platform you're listening on. I also want to mention at the front that the Gmail address for the show is soulfully.casual at gmail.com, and you can find us on Instagram at soulfullycasualpodcast, so please follow up with us there. 2020 has got to be one of the weirdest years in recent memory, at least in the time that I've been alive. Maybe 2001 after September 11th or, you know, some year where it felt like a lot of celebrities died. With the pandemic, all of the election talk, and just general chaos related to human interaction, race relations, all of that being at the forefront now, we never seem to wake up on a given day of a given week and think, today's just going to be one of those normal days. The headlines seem to always dictate something crazy, and the recent uh, example of that, I think, is the very sudden death, at least publicly, of Chadwick Boseman. Most people know him as Black Panther, uh, but he was a, a relatively young actor, 43. And, you know, whenever somebody that young passes away, it's always a jolt to your system, especially somebody who kept it so private. Another cancer death. It seems like we never can get ahead of that. It seems like we can never come up with some type of a cure that is going to make it so that we no longer have to worry about it. But when we heard about his passing, I think it really jolted a lot of people. The suddenness of it, the fact that he was publicly known as one of the most genuine and nice people out there. And I think specifically for the black community, the fact that he played Black Panther and played that role with such dignity and such grace. And when you hear a young person dying like that, especially somebody who there's an emotional connection for people, even though they've never met this person, there's some type of an emotional connection because of the role that they have played and the connection that you have made to that particular role. You know, we sort of, with celebrities, especially actors and actresses, always identify with roles that they've played. And I think when we see movies, we tend to feel like we know these people based off the roles that they've played. Because in some way, over the course of our lifetime, that actor or actress has played a role that we can really identify with. Whether it's the underdog role or some type of you know self-growth or whatever it is. We feel like we can relate to it. And I think a lot of people, while they can't relate to necessarily being superheroes, and you know maybe a lot of parents can. Because I think a lot of kids see their parents as superheroes. I hope one day that my son grows up and feels that way about me. But I think... I think the prominence of that role, the prominence of the Black Panther within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I think just the example that it set that you don't have to be white to be prominent and powerful. And there is not some, you know, like the, the, the idea that the angry black man or the angry black woman, that, that narrative is tiring. I think Chadwick Boseman really embodied a lot of that. And so when we see that he passed so suddenly, it was like we wake up one morning or I woke up one morning and I have a text message from Cleveland and it's just that link. My initial reaction was holy shit. And it probably was very similar for a lot of people. But after you get over the initial shock of it and after you get over just feeling like, well, that can't be right. Like, how could somebody that young die or, or how could that person die when I I didn't even know that they were sick. You start to think about the details. You start to think about the fact that his diagnosis was four years prior. And think about everything that he did in that four years. And then knowing what you know now, you go back to interviews, you go back to roles that he played or, or you know, whatever. And you sort of start to analyze what happened and analyze what he was saying. And I think back specifically to an interview in which he got very emotional, talking about how one of the greatest pleasures for him on the platform that he has is being able to talk to kids with cancer. And then you realize that at that time, he was going through his own cancer treatment and diagnosis. 
it blows your mind because the power of that, the humility in that is just uncharted. We don't really go through a lot of that in our daily life. Too often we are not humbled enough. I'm guilty of that myself. I'm guilty of feeling superhuman sometimes and I can't do any wrong. And it takes a really, you know, a really close person in your life to call you out on that. It takes a really close person to say something that humbles you to the core. But when I thought about everything that Chadwick Boseman did and I thought about the roles that he played and I think specifically about Jackie Robinson. In the game of baseball, a game that I love dearly, even though it's lost a little bit of its luster, thinking about breaking that barrier when he did it, how he did it, it's an amazing thing. And for Chadwick to play that role and play it so well in a movie that was so well received was just incredible. And then Black Panther, as we talked about. But I think it's the off-screen genuineness, it's the off-screen humility, the off-screen um, grace, dignity that he showed, I think that really stands out with people. So often when a celebrity dies, you see an, a flooding of you know rest in peace rest in power and just emotions on social media and i can tell you that for me a lot of that gets tiring because so much of it feels hollow so much of it feels like we over exaggerate how we know this person or how much we feel we know this person and again that's not to say that the influence of that person whether it's an actor actress musician or what have you that that influence is negated in some way because i can tell you that there are musicians that have had an incredible influence on me but they're musicians that I've never met. They're musicians that I really know nothing about in my personal life. And the same goes for athletes. The same goes for actors and actresses. For the most part, even in today's heightened level of awareness and heightened level of exposure with social media, we don't really know these people. We don't really know anything about them. But I think when you see you know, the outpouring of emotions and the outpouring of great things from other celebrities, other people within his circle, that's how you know that somebody is genuine. And I think about my own life a lot of times in that way. I think about when I die, what are people gonna say about me? What are people going to say about me that they're not willing to say to my face? And it also makes me think about the ESPN anchor, Stuart Scott, who had his own very public battle with cancer. And there was that you know, seminal moment in 2016, I believe, when he made that speech uh, at the ESPY Awards and just owned the night and owned everything about his journey, how he was feeling about it and unfortunately you know he passed away but the amount of support that he received in the outpouring of people saying the good things about him it, it really made me think about how many people said those things to his face you know how often did he hear those things before he died because a lot of times i think we memorialize people after they die and we feel a little bit of a sense of regret because we don't tell them enough when they're alive we don't tell them often enough that we love them we don't tell them often enough that we're here for them or that we care for them but in this case, the outpouring of support seemed to be so real and so genuine. And then it also got me thinking about the privacy of it. Most of the time when a celebrity gets sick or a celebrity is you know, nearing their, the end of their life, we hear about it. It's on social media, whether it's their publicist or whether it's some family or, or whatever. It's out there. We seem to know about it and we seem to be waiting for the end to come. In this case, we didn't. And that is so rare. It's so rare for that level of privacy, especially with somebody at that place in life where everything of theirs is usually out there, it's usually overexposed. We knew nothing about it. And when you think about the power in that, you think about the power in the fact that the people who knew, the people closest to him said nothing for four years. That's incredible. Cause I know that when I, you know, when somebody tells me a secret, it's really difficult for me to sometimes keep it to myself. I mean, especially if it's something bad, especially if it's something like a cancer diagnosis where you just want to tell people because you know that that person needs the support. You know that that person could use just a, I hope you're doing okay today. But in this case, he didn't get that. And then you hear about the directors not knowing anything 
and in between treatments and surgeries, putting that kind of work in, putting the kind of work and grind that goes into making a huge blockbuster film and multiple blockbuster films, and the power of the fact that his closest people kept it to themselves and they were selfless enough to keep it to themselves because they knew that he did not want to be a distraction and they knew that he wanted to put forth his best effort without all of that you know, circling around him. And that was just incredible to me. And I think now that he has passed, when you think about all of that, I think it's inspiring. I think when you go back and watch his films, it's even more inspiring. And I think naturally that makes us turn to our own lives. It makes us turn and think about where we are in our own life and you know what kind of a life are we living? I am somebody who has been hyper self-aware for a long time. Uh, last episode, I teased that we were going to talk some self-awareness and thinking about the Chadwick Boseman death got me thinking about my own life and turning and being introspective. And I can tell you that for me, I've been uber introspective for a really long time. You know, I was on Twitter the other day and I saw a tweet that really stood out and I sent it to a friend of mine and she and I are sort of the uh, king and queen of the hypersensitivity club. But it read, becoming self-aware was cool at first, but now every day I think about everything I have ever done and it's a problem. And what does that really mean? For somebody like me, I carry every single mistake that I've ever made with me. I carry all of that as a burden. Even mistakes that I made 20 plus years ago that really have had no effect on the outcome of my life, I think about them. And I can tell you that for me, I can put myself in that emotional place immediately. I can feel that same humiliation. I can feel that same embarrassment. And it haunts me sometimes. It haunts me to the fact that it affects my relationships now. You know, when my wife criticizes me for something genuine, you know, something that I've, I've really messed up on, I hold it with me and I go back to those early days. I go back to feeling that crushing sense of embarrassment and that crushing sense of failure. And I, I turn that inward and I close off and I get angry. And being self-aware can be a great thing. Introspection is a great thing because I think from time to time we all need to stop what we're doing and look inward. It's so difficult to do that in the life that we live today. In 2020, where technology is, where cell phones are, where just our lives are, everything is rushed. Everything is quick. We're always looking to get to that next step. We always have so much to do, whether it's for our kids, whether it's our job, or whether it's just we have to clean the house. We're always waiting for that next step. We're always preparing for that next step. And I mentioned that in my introductory episode when I talked a little bit about myself and how I wanted to step away from that. Stepping away from that doesn't step away from the fact that I'm self-aware to the point of it being a detriment sometimes. And it is difficult. But at the same time, I think being self-aware is something that we could all use a little bit more of. Looking at our habits. And I think about habits, not just in am I eating right, you know, am I exercising, things like that. I think about my personal relationships. I think about the habits that I've formed in those, and I think about the good and the bad habits. I think overall, I hope any of my friends who are listening can say that I've been a good friend. I can tell you that I do my best. I try to be the best friend that I can. I try to be selfless in my friendships, but I'm not perfect. And I go through phases where I get caught up in things in life, and I forget about you. I forget about, you know, I forget to check in with you. I forget to ask how you're doing. And that does haunt me too, because I want to be the best friend I can. I want to be the best everything that I can, to be honest. Not just a friend, but son, you know, husband, father. And sometimes thinking about that and trying to strive for perfection in all of those areas, it makes me more vulnerable than I'm comfortable with. It sort of opens up a wound to the point that I'm, you know, so overexposed and I'm so sensitive to doing everything wrong. And I think then I start making more mistakes. I think the being self-aware part is, is something that can be a powerful tool. It can help us grow. For a little bit of history on me, back in 2010, I had um, a light heart attack. You know, I was over 300 pounds and I didn't end up going to the doctor because I didn't know what it was. You know, I thought it was a panic attack. So I went to bed and thankfully I woke up the next morning 
and my doctor said basically those same words to me. He also said, if you don't change this behavior, you're going to die. And I was 27 at the time. And I think the finality of that hit me, but it didn't hit me right away. Fast forward a few weeks, I realized that it was time for me to change my life. And I lost over 100 pounds. I became a marathon runner. And anybody who's listening who knows me has you know, heard all about that. And while that is a past part of my life at this point, and as far as running is concerned, and maybe one day I'll get back to it, I had to be introspective and look inward. And I had to think about what was really causing this and why was I letting myself get to this point in health in which I could die. And it wasn't just a, well, I need to eat better and I need to exercise. Because for weight loss, you know, anybody who's had extreme weight loss, you know that it's not just about how you're eating. It's not about what you're eating and what you're doing for activity. You need to get down to the bottom of the emotional reasons why you are doing this. You need to get down to the real reasons why your eating has escalated to this point. And that really goes for all the behaviors in our life. Whether we're drinking too much, whether we are gambling too much, you know, whether we're closing ourselves off from the people that we love, you know, whatever it is, it's really important important that we look inward and try to figure that out. And I think about how often we do that because, and I I hate to always mention social media on this show, and I know if you're listening, you probably think that I hate social media, but I do understand the benefits of it. I do understand how it has helped our society in many ways because before social media, there were connections that I had that I didn't make often enough. And at least through following somebody on social media, you have the ability to reach out and say hello. You have the ability to at least get a glimpse into how they're doing. And you don't have to say, well, I haven't talked to Tom or Cindy in you know six years seven years and I don't really know how they're doing but at the same time it's also distanced us in a way right now during a pandemic social distancing is sort of the you know term of the year and it's something that was sort of made up this year but I think emotionally we have social distanced ourselves via social media because I think we have lost the organic connections that we make with people I think we automatically assume that because we can see what they're doing on social media that we know everything about them or that we know how that they're doing. And if there's anything that we've seen from, you know, just celebrities in general, I think of Robin Williams in this context, we don't really know how somebody's doing. We don't always know what somebody is going through. And I think of that famous quote that always makes the rounds every time, you know, a celebrity dies or there's some type of a suicide. You don't know what somebody's going through, so, you know, make sure you to be kind. And Chadwick Boseman also embodies that too. All the work he was putting in, all the movies that he was making, making all of the children he was talking to with cancer all was while he was going through his own death cycle essentially and I just can't even imagine you know what that was like and so I can't really pretend to know that person and I can't pretend to know everybody that I am friends with on social media now for me personally I do have a very close group of friends I try and text them at least as often as possible and while text messaging still doesn't have the same organic feel to it it's at least a very easy way for two people who are busy to check in with each other and say how are you doing are you okay? And if that person isn't okay, it leads to an easy phone call if necessary. But social media in general, when you see somebody on vacation, when you see their kids always behaving, when you see you know their house always looking clean, I know for me, I know that that's not necessarily always true. And sometimes when I look at social media and how people use it, I try to look inward to them and see if there's any signs. Is there anything that they're trying to tell us with what, you know, what they're posting? And that's how I've gotten to this point with social media for myself, where I've tried to just be fun with it. I've tried to be loose with it and not make it something more than it is. The people that I'm close with know how things are going. The people that I talk to on a regular basis, we know how things are. We know how we're doing. But I also fall off with those people too. I can talk for a really long time. I can yuck it up with you. But long distance communication, it's really not one of my strengths. And I'm, I'm very open about that. You know, when my son was born, I really dropped off the face of the earth. And, and mostly it was because taking care of a newborn is difficult. It's a time suck. You're always tired. And then add on, we had people living with us. There's a pandemic. Life was just different. 
it was very difficult for me to think about anything else besides what was in front of me. And I didn't do as much as I could for some of my friends. And if you're listening to this and you still feel like I haven't done enough for you, I just hope you realize that I'm sorry. I hope you realize that, you know, I've thought about that a lot and I want to check in with you more and I want to make sure that you're okay. So if you feel disappointed by that, feel free to reach out to me, whether it's by the show, email or whatever. Anyway, so where are we? Well, for those of you who are hypersensitive, for those of you who are hyper aware, you know the burden that that comes with it. You know that sometimes it can be too much to bear. You know that people who are not that way my therapist likes to call people like this empaths and maybe that's what I am we can put ourselves in a lot of other people's shoes and we can take in just about every emotion that there is out there and a lot of times we don't save enough for ourselves we don't save enough to allow ourselves to not be so hard on ourselves and I'm guilty of that pretty much every day I think the real question now is how can we turn self-awareness even if it's hyper self-awareness into something positive how can we turn it into growth because that's really what this is all about To be self-aware is not just about making yourself feel bad for the mistakes that you've made, but it's about growth. It's about finding places that you can improve in your life. And whether that's interpersonal relationships, you know, eating habits, whatever it is, that's where we need to focus on. Is there one friend that we can be better with? You know, one friend that we can check in on that we haven't checked in on in a while. It's as simple as that. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's not reinventing who you are. It's really trying to find one way in which we can do that. And let me think about my life. Right now, you know, I'm at home with my wife every single day. We work from home. Her son, you know, goes to his grandparents and comes back. But if there's one relationship that I want to make sure is on lock, it's that one. And I know that sometimes communicating isn't the easiest thing for me. Once again, that that hyper self-awareness comes into play. And I have to really work on it. And I've spent a lot of time doing that. And I'm nowhere near where I want to be with it. But that's the easy thing that I think that I want to do. And also, in addition, you know, there's one other friend out there who I want to make sure that I check in with, and I'm going to make sure that I do that. But the question is, what is that for you? Who is that person for you? Is there somebody that you can immediately think of just hearing this? You know, is that self-awareness coming to, to you because it's something that you haven't allowed yourself? You know, has it been a long time since you've been introspective? And that introspection can really benefit us in a lot of ways. I know that it benefits me at work. I know that it benefits me to constantly be evaluating myself. But the interesting part about that is how easily that comes at work, but it doesn't come as easily in your personal life. And I don't know how many other people have that particular line in the sand, but when I was talking with some people that I know a couple months ago, I realized that it's not difficult for me to voice my opinion in the workplace, voice my displeasure directly, professionally, and not take things personally. But as soon as I cross that boundary and come home, all of that changes for me. And I didn't realize that was happening. I think we just automatically assume that we are the same person everywhere that we go but we're not. We're different people. A lot of times we compartmentalize to the point that we are two extremely different people in in two different environments. I always say that I have friends. I don't like work them, but I like personal them. And that's not to say that they're a bad person at work. It's just we don't align. We don't share the same fundamental values or we don't, you know, do business the same way. And working with them or hiring them to work for me is not something that I would strive for. But outside of work, I love that person. That person's great to hang out with. We align in everything, you know, mostly in our personal lives. 
And I, it's so interesting how that happens. And it's so interesting that it took me the longest time to figure that out. I was 37 when I figured it out. And I've been at my workplace for 13 years. And I'm trying to be more cognizant of that. I'm trying to take the hyper self-awareness that I, that I have and turn that into something that's more positive, turn that into something that's more constructive. So that now I can look at my interpersonal relationships and try to be the same person with everybody, try to be the same person every day and not be this person that is, you know, Jekyll and Hyde or be somebody that completely shuts down in certain aspects and is completely open in others. There's always people that you are more close to the best with. Like, obviously, if you are married or you, you know, have a spouse or a girlfriend or whatever, boyfriend, whatever, you are more open with that person, most likely. You're more vulnerable with that person, most likely. You tell them more than you would, say, your neighbor or even your best friend. I think those are natural, you know, those are natural divisions to make. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I'm talking about looking overall, globally, at your life, your interactions, how you are in certain ways. Like, can you exhibit self-control when it comes to food, but you can't exhibit self-control when it comes to anger or when it comes to relationships, things like that. How can you streamline that so that you can be controlled all the time? What are some things that you can do? And those are some things that I've been thinking about. And honestly, the Chadwick Boseman death to bring it all back really made me think about it. And all that I can hope for going forward in my life is that I can be graceful, I can be genuine, and I hope that I'm genuine all the time. That is something that I strive to do at all times. What you see is what you get from me, I hope. But I look at that, I look at Chadwick, and I hope that wherever he is, he is bringing that grace, that dignity, that genuineness, that kindness, wherever he is in the afterlife. And Chadwick, you and I never met, and obviously we will never meet, but all I can do is thank you for the influence and the emotional connection that you have made with so many people, myself included, and I hope that you are resting in power somewhere. Once again, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. This podcast of mine has been such a, a great thing for me. I've already received some interactions from folks, and I just want to remind you that there are ways in which you can interact. It is uh, soulfully.casual at gmail.com. That is our email address. You can also find us on Instagram at soulfullycasualpodcast. Please reach out. Please follow. Uh, always remember, whatever platform that you're on, you know, right now I can be found on Apple, Spotify, a lot of the big guns out there. So please seek us out. Please subscribe, please like, please rate, and please keep listening. It means a lot. Also, I'm involved in another project. It's called Deep Water, and it's with my friend Cleveland. There are other podcasts that are named Deep Water, so when you search for it, you know, search for Matty Ice, and you might be able to find it easier on those platforms. He and I are doing great work together, and we hope to continue to do that. And also, Cleveland has his own podcast called The Manual. Please seek that out as well. Like I've said before, he has a great voice for the time. He has a great mind, and he's one of the closest people in my life. He's basically a brother to me. But before I sign off, I'd like to read the first email that I received at our Gmail address. And it is from Joyce. And it reads, Hi Matt, love your podcast. I also knew that we were the ones who watched the Harry and Meghan wedding with you. Well, Joyce, that's kind of what I was remembering too. It was a great day, and I'm glad that we experienced that together. Hyped or not, it was a great day. Thank you for reaching out to the show. Keep listening, and I hope you interact with the show more often. I really appreciate you reaching out, being the first. Thank you for being a loyal listener, and I hope that I can only continue to make you happy with the content that's coming out. I want to thank everybody again for listening. This has been a great episode. It's been an introspective episode. Next episode, I hope to get a little bit more fun again. You know, I might bring some sneaker content to you. The start of the football season is coming up. There's a lot of ways in which we can go, but please tune in. I appreciate you listening. Hope you all have a great week, and I will talk to you next time. Peace and love.